All right, we'll say good morning. Let us get started. Emir Tzashem. Do a little Rambam today also, hopefully. Okay, so let's begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Kamatora sponsors for the month of Adar. Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shurim and Trashos this month. In memory of Paul's grandparents, Dina Bas Pesach and Zechariah Ben Zechariah, as well as to thank our Dafyomi sponsors for this morning, Mr. and Mrs. Martyr, in commemoration of the yard site of Mr. Martyr's father, Raphael Ben Eliezer Hakohen. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas Lahavan Aliyah and the families in Nechama. And I say with that, let us begin. So we have an interesting daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Tzadik Dalit 94, and we are picking up on Tzadik Gimel Amad Bey's 93B Gufa, which is seven lines up, uh, two, four, six, yeah, seven lines up from the bottom. So we'll say, so remember again, we began, we, we actually, we began this sogya yesterday, and we'll delve into it now a bit more, a bit more fully now. Gufa. Amr Ullah. So we'll say, remember again, we are talking in the sogya of Darek Rechoka. We know the Torah tells us, that if a person is bederachok, a person is too quote unquote too far away, then halacha lemaisa they are exempt from Pesach Rishon and obligated in Pesach Sheni. So it says the Gemara Gufa Amar Ula Ezehu Derechrechoka. What's Derechrechoka? What's the definition? So also, remember again in yesterday's daf. Yesterday's staff, we went ahead and also, by the way, I want to thank a number of you. Uh, I think Sammy was the first one to, to text me the Google Maps from Yushalayim to, uh, to Modi Inn. What I just want to point out, that even though geographically it seems further than what the Gemara is describing, remember also that you know, historical Yerushalayim was bigger than, than contemporary Yerushalayim. So it's possible, again, that depending on where, which border of Yerushalayim you are, you are you are measuring from. It's also possible that historical Modi'in is also possible than, you know, larger than bigger Modi'in. But again, also remember, I just want to point out all of the shiurim, all, all of the measurements that I was giving you yesterday, I was rounding. So remember again, there's a range in all of these shiurim. Okay, good. So remember, we saw a Darek HaChoka. So Ula says, what's Darek HaChoka? Kol So Ula said, Derech Rechoka means you can't get to Yerushalayim b'shas shechita. So remember again, which means shas shechita, let's call it again. I'm just using approximations right now because it's not actually midday to sunset. So if you're too far away that you can't reach Yerushalayim between midday and sunset, that's called Derech Rechoka. Rabbi Huda, Amar Kolshin, Yecholin, Likonis, b'shas achila. So we'll say, remember again, comes on Rabbi Huda with a dramatically different de- definition. Rabbi Huda holds that no, Derech Rechoka means you can't get to Yerushalayim during Shah Sahila. So we'll say again, we will discuss this in greater depth. There's a machlokis as to what the window of consumption is for carbon Pesach. Is it Chatzos? Is it until Alos HaShachar? Until the next morning? Okay, but leaving that aside, it's not important for now. The point is, Rabbi Huda obviously has a much larger window, right? That Halacha Lamaisa, as long as you can get to Yerushalayim by Shizman Achila, you're good to go. To which the Gemara says, Amali Rabba, Amali Rabba Lula. So Rabba said to Ula, the truth is, I have a question both on you and Rabbi Huda. According to you, Ula, who says that Derech Rechoka means that you can't get to Yerushalayim during Zman Shechita, the Amrit Kol She'en Yochel Likonis B'Shash Shechita, I have a hard time Sheretz, then Yochel Likonis B'Shash Shechita. But we'll say, what about the case of Tumash Sheretz? Remember again, what's the case of Tumash Sheretz? Ruvain becomes Tamei Tumash Sheretz. He touches a dead Sheretz on Erev Yamtiv. 
So what's the status of us? Remember, Tuma Sharis is a very lenient, is a very, is a very kal form of Tuma. So what has to happen? You go to the mikvah by day, and that night, that night, you're good to go. So if a person is Tamei Tuma Sharis, interestingly enough, what Rabbah wants to suggest is, it's ki'ilu, they're b'derech rechoka, right? It's ki'ilu, they're not in Yerushalayim during the Zman Shechita, but yet, they will be fit during Zman Achilo. So the Gemara says, V'hatamei Sharis, de'en yacholikhanis b'sha Shechita. See, he's equating someone who's Tamei Tumas Sharis with someone who can't make it to Yerushalayim bizman shchita, because effectively they're in the same boat. Neither individual could be in the precincts of the Beis Hamikdash during the zman of shchita, and yet the Ka'amrit shoktin v'zarkin al tamisharetz. Yet halacha l'maisa, we know, also we've established that if somebody is tamid tamisharetz, you can shecht and do zrika on their behalf. In other words, you can include them as part of the chabura. Why? Because you know that night they will be able to consume the carbon. So if that's the case, why don't you say the same thing about someone who can't make it here to Yushalayim during Zman Shechita, but can be here during Zman Achila? Furthermore, Ul Rabbi Huda Kasha, so the according to Rabbi Huda, the question is, the Amar Kol Shein Yochol Ikonalis Peshas Achila, Rabbi Huda says, Derech Rechokah means someone who can't make it to Yushalayim during the time of consumption, I v'hot tamesheretz diyachol ikonis b'shas achila. So we'll say. So again, question Rabbi Huda will also be from tamesheretz. So someone who's tamei tamesheretz, such a person is considered to be able to enter Yerushalayim during zman achila. Amar, and yet we said ain shochtin v'zarkin al tamesheretz. Here I will say, according to Rabbi Huda, we don't do zrika and shchitos shchit and zrika on behalf of a t- person who's tamei tamesheretz. So what's going on over here? Amrle, so so Ula responded, Lo Lididi Kasha, Valola Rav Yehuda Kasha. The truth is, Rabba, your question is not a question on me or Rav Yehuda. How so? Lididi Lo Kasha, so Ula says, your question is not a question to me. Why? Derech Rechokula Tahar, Vein Derech Rechokula Tame. So we'll say, this is very interesting. So the first thing that Ula says is, the concept of Derech Rechoka is Dafka Adin in Tahorin, not a din in Temeyin. In other words, I will say, we do not equate Tamei with Derek Rechok, even though, of course, they're mentioned in the same Pasuk. Halacha Lamaisa, again, there's two different dinim. What does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. L'didi lo kashya, di'afagav t'derek rechoka patrona lahai d'chazi la'arta, o'mechav yaleh gabe tamay sharet. So I'll say, even though, again, by derek rechoka, we said, remember, by, by derek rechoka, even though, again, if I can't be there, b'sha shechita, z'ula, even though I could be there, b'sha achila, that's called derech rechoka. Yet, interestingly enough, the same mitzias by someone who's tamay allows him to participate, right? To both remember again, this was the kasha that Rabbi raised against Ula. It's to me a case of where Ruvain is too far from Yushan that he can't make it during shechita. But he can get there during Achila, seems to be the same exact Metzias as a person who's Tomei Tomas Sheretz. Because a person who's Tomei Tomas Sheretz can't, quote unquote, be in Yerush, or can't be in the Beis Hamikdash, Bishashchita, but is fit, Bizman Achila. And yet he could be included as part of the Chabura, but the guy who's Baderach Rechoka can't be in part of, as part of the Chabura. But Metzias, it's the same case. Both of these guys can't be present, Bizman Shechita but can be present bizman achila. Yet for Tumah, he can be part of the Chabura. Derech Rechokah, he can't be part of the Chabura. 
to which the Gemara, to which Ula essentially answers, they're two different halachas. They're two different halachas. I know it sounds the same to you, but Lamaisa, they're just two different halachic constructs. So finish Rashi. Rashi says again, even though exempts the one who can make it by nighttime, but can't make it by daytime. Pitura ditar va hainu derch rechoka shein yochal ikonis b'shashchita the gabi asiak siv the afa gav the yochal ikonis b'shashchita rachmana patre aval tomei lo tali rachmana pitura dide b'derch rechoka ella betuma. So we'll say essentially what Ula answers is it's two just it's two different halachas and because it's two different halachas they operate with two different frameworks with derch rechoka it's a din in proximity. It's a din in proximity. Can you make it here? Can't you make it here? If you can make it here, fantastic. If you can't make it here, that's it, you're out. But by Tumah, the time of the Tumah, Mishum Achila, he, Velav Mishum Asiya. Shabbos said, it's very interesting. When it comes to, when it comes, see, what, really what, what Ula is focusing on, and we're going to see this in just a little bit, Derech Rechoka is really, is really tethered to the offering of the carbon Pesach. Tumah, is tethered to the consumption of the carbon Pesach. So Derech Rechoka conceptually is defined, can you make it for the carbon? Can't you make it for the carbon? Tumah is defined, can you consume the carbon? Can't you consume the carbon? So we'll say, so we'll say, so we'll have to go through the rest of it. But this is actually very interesting, because even though this whole time we're lumping together Derech Rechok and Tumah, what Ulus coming along and saying is conceptually they're two different things. Tumah is tethered to the concept of Achila. If your Tumah precludes you from Achila, then ultimately Pesach Sheni. But if your Tumah does not preclude you from Achila, even if your Tumah precludes you from Asiya, from the offering of the Karban, you could still participate in a Chabura. Versus Derech Rechoka, which is tethered to the concept of Asiya. If you can make it to Yerushalayim at the time of Asiya, the Shechita Zrika, you're in. If you can't, Pesach Sheni. Furthermore, again, Remember, this is another machlokas about the status of a person who's tamay to masharetz. If you contracted to masharetz on Erev Pesach, even though you went to the mikvah, and all you need is hair of shemesh, you cannot partake of Karim Pesach that night according to Rabbi Yehuda. Why not? Because the Torah actively excludes someone who's Tameh to Masharz. Where do you see that? So also listen to this. Because the Torah says if a person will be Tameh Lanefesh. Now remember again, Tameh Lanefesh means a person came in contact with a corpse. So, we'll say, so, so now remember again, corpse Tumah is a seven-day Tumah. When the Torah says that a person who is Tame Tumas Meis can't participate in Karim Pesach, what's the case? So we'll say the only case that makes sense that the Torah is actually commenting on is Milo Askinan Shechal Shvi'i Shalo, Lios Beref Pesach. It only makes sense to say that the case the Gemara is dealing with is a case of where Erev Pesach was the seventh day of the person's Tara process. Why I will say, because think about this. Any other circumstance, it, of course a person is part of from Karim Pesach. In other words, if I'm Tommy Tomas Mace and Erev Pesach falls out on my fourth day of my purification process, 
no one's going to suggest that halacha lamaisa I can participate in Karban Pesach because I'm in the middle of my Tumah process or my Tara process. I can't eat any type of Karbanas. So the case of a person who's coming to Masmeis being excluded from Karban Pesach, it appears to be that the most logical thing to say, it's a person whose seventh day of his Tara process occurs on Erev Pesach. Occurs on Erev Pesach. Which means that what's going to happen by that evening, by that evening, by that evening, he's good to go, right? He's tar. And yet the Torah still says, no, he can't participate in Karma Pesach. So the Gemara says, Interestingly enough, this is fascinating, we saw this before, a guy, a guy, seventh day of his Torah process of Tumas Meis is the equivalent to who? A person who's Tamei Tumas Sharetz. They're, they're halachically in this same boat, in that both of them require immersion in a mikvah that day and essentially become pure that night. So Rabbi Huda suggests that if halacha lamaisa, a person who is tummy to masmeis, seventh day of his purification process, which is Erev Pesach, can't eat the Karman Pesach that night, then a person who is tummy to masharis Erev Pesach can't eat Karman Pesach that night as well. Good. Both sides, the, the thing to take away from this ultimately, again, is Ula's point, which we're going to come back to in just a bit, which is this fascinating idea that even though you could construct a case of Tameh, of Tumah, which seems to resemble exactly a case of, of Derach Rechoka, there are two different halachic constructs. And the concept of Tumah is really tethered to Achila. So whether or not your Tumah will preclude you from participation in a Chabur of a Karman Pesach depends on whether or not by the time consumption comes around, are you fit for consumption or not. If you're going to be fit for consumption that night, then you could be part of the Chaburah by day, even though you're still Tomei. Masha'inking Derech Rechoka, Ula suggests, is tethered to the concept of Asiyah, of Shechita. If you're too far away from Yushan to make it there during Shah Shechita, even though you can make it by, by Shah Sachila, you are precluded that Derech Rechoka, Pesach Sheini. Tan Rabbana, both say, we're going to build on this. This is fascinating. Hayo Omer Chutz Lamodiyim, both listen to this case. Somebody asked me this after Shir yesterday. Hayo Omer Chutz Lamodiyim. So we'll say, let's say I'm, I'm further, right? I'm further away. I, I'm, I'm more than 15 mil. So I'm, I'm outside of Modin. I'm in Tel Aviv. And what happens? And what happens? V'yachal likanis b'susimu pradim. He'll say, but I can make it, right? If I get on, if I get on my horse and I ride like the wind, I, 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 I could make it to Yerushalayim. So what's my status? So the Gemara says, Yachol yeichayiv, you might have thought such a person would be chayiv. In other words, we'll say, I might have thought that there her choka is a p'tur, but that enoch inami, if there is a way, if there is a way, right, I can get on the light rail, right? I, 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 there is a way for me to go ahead and get to Yerushalayim. I might have thought that I should be chayiv, even though, even though geographically, I am b'derech rechoka, tamad lomar u'b'derech lohaya, the Pasik says he was not on his way. Now we'll say the Pasik that the Gemara is quoting over here is if a person, the Torah says, Va'ish asher hu tahar, lo haya. If a person was tahar and he was not baderach. Now we'll say, so therefore the Torah goes on to say, and he didn't do Karban Pesach, he's Chayif Karis. This is talking about a person who was not Tameh, not Baderach Rechoka, still failed to do the Karban Pesach, such a person is Chayiv Karis. So it's interesting. So when, when do I have liability for non-performance of Pesach Rishon? O Baderach Lohaya, when I was not Baderach Rechoka. But, however, Vahala, Haya Baderach. 
But this individual was Baderech. When it says Baderech, means Baderech Rechoka. He was Baderech Rechoka. So I'll say, which is very interesting, which tells you that even if Halacha Lamaisa, I can technically make it, if I am halachically Baderech Rechoka, I'm outside of the 15 mil, I am exempt from Pesach Rishon and could be part, and, and I'm part of Pesach Rishon. Now, can I try to make it to Yushalayim? Of course I can. Remember, again, assuming that I could be part of a Chabura, but you don't really want to risk that, right? You don't, you sensibly, but again, technically speaking, I want to be clear. If Halacha Lemaisa, I am 30 mil out of Yerushalayim, but I happen to have a very fast horse, and I can make it there, I have every right to do that. The Gemara is talking about, again, you might have thought that if you have a fast horse and you could make it there, that you would be Chayiv, to which the Gemara says, no. Once you are, once you are halachically within the construct of Derech which means that you are outside of a certain geographic proximity of Yerushalayim, you are exempt from Pesach Rishon, pushed off to Pesach Shini. Listen to this next case, I will say. Hayo omed lifnim minamodi'im. This is a great case. Right? Let's say I am inside the geographic area. I'm inside of Modiim. So I'm within 15 mil. So I'm in the area, therefore, that would make, that would make me obligated in Pesach, Pesach Rishon. But I can't get there. Why can't I get there? I will say, look at Rashi for just a moment. This is great. Rashi says, Mipnei Gimalim Ukronos. So I'll say, why am I delayed? Why am I delayed? Like every other time you pack your family up to go somewhere. Right? Every other time. So what happens? Mamish, this one forgot this. This one has to use the bathroom. Now, now, now there's traffic. So I'll say, so watch this. So here, I'm within the geographic proximity. But yet, I'm delayed. I'm delayed. I'm delayed maybe because of my family. I'm delayed. Because, literally, it means the camels and the wagons who are preventing me from getting there. Yochol lo chayiv. You might have thought that maybe you're not chayiv. Tamod lo mar lo haya. The only time you're not chayiv, or the only time, the Torah says, he was not baderech rechoka, vahari lo haya baderech, and this guy was not baderech rechoka. So we'll say, so what it sounds like, so what it sounds, I think Yaakov was asking me about this yesterday. We'll say, so what this sounds like, this Gemara says, is that halacha lemaisa, if a person is not baderech rechoka, a person is geographically close, but let's say again, you go ahead and you get delayed, and you therefore fail to do carbon Pesach Rishon, you're chayiv. Yuchai for that. So I will say, which is interesting because I saw this little discussion about this, that literally what the Gemara says is if that's the case, the family's slowing you down, leave them, right? And not, not, not like leave them. Like, you know, you know for, for pay, go do your Pesach, go, go, go do your thing and, and get back to the Mishpacha. So I will say, this is actually pretty dramatic because what this tells you is that literally if there's a case of where you are not Padarech Rechoka, let's say you get stuck in traffic, Erev Pesach, and you do not make it to Yerushalayim in time. So the Gemara indicates you are chayiv for that. Which I will say teaches you something incredibly amazing. Personal responsibility. When you know that something has to get done. There's no such thing as something came up which precluded me from doing it. If it has to get done and it's important enough to get done. A person must take the individual personalistic achrayis. To get it done right, so many times there are things we want to accomplish, but we don't plan ahead. And when you don't plan ahead, when you don't plan ahead, then at the end of the day, things always come up and things derail your initiatives. What the Gemara is saying is, getting stuck in traffic and not getting to Yushalayim in time, that's your fault. That's your fault. That's individual achrayis for that. Not making it in time for Yom Tiv, 
That's your fault. You could have left earlier. You could have made it a point to be on time. You could have been gone the night before. You could have done a variety of different things. It's easy to blame extenuating circumstances when you don't plan ahead. Such an incredible yisod because so many times in life we miss out on incredible and dramatic opportunities because we don't sufficiently plan ahead and we get caught in the proverbial life traffic. The Gemara says, you get caught in traffic, you miss out on opportunities, you're for that. Something is important enough, plan ahead to ensure that the job gets done. An incredible yisod. Amar we're going to spend a little bit of time speaking about some astronomy now, which we're going to go through relatively quickly. Well, when I say relatively quickly, very quickly. Says the Gemara, Amarava, Shisa Alpha Parasi Havi Alma. The world, well, it's actually very interesting. So Rava says over here, the world is literally the, the, the movement of the sun is 6,000 parsos. So we'll see, if you take a look at Rashi for just a moment, Shisa Alpha Parasi, Rashi says, Hava, Hekif The movement of the sun from east to west spans 6,000 parsos. So we'll say, so just to understand, a parsa, one parsa is approximately three miles, right? So Rava suggested that the span of the sun from east to west is 6,000 parasols. And ultimately, the thickness, now again, understand, much like science, right? So Chazal's astronomy, interestingly enough, although they're going to glean certain things from Psukim, was based on the science of the time. I mentioned this before. Well, no, we're going to see, you know, I think it's the fifth parak in Gittin, where the Gemara has all of these like, like incredible remedies. Right? Do you remember this Gemara from last, from last cycle? Right? Everybody knows the famous, the famous cure for migraines. Remember this one? You, you cut open the rooster, you cut open the chicken, you put it on your head. By the way, it does work because if, if a chicken is bleeding out on your head, I think you forget about everything else, include, including your migraines. I will say, but again, I want to point out, the, this, this, this knowledge is what the Welt knew around them. This is what the world knew. So again, it's, not, it's just echoing that which was known. So Rabbi says, literally, again, the movement of the sun east to west spans an area of 6,000 parasols. So Sumcha the thickness of the sky, Alpha Parsi is 1,000 Parsos. Chad Gimara Vechad Svara. So one is a tradition that we have and one is a Svara. So the Gimara says, so we'll say, so now we're going to spend a lot of time contradicting or questioning this position of Rava, that the movement of the sun spans 6,000 6, Parsos. So the Gemara says, So he holds like, How much does a, per, a regular person walk each day? So we saw this yesterday. A regular person walks 10 parsos. From a Losa Shachar until Neitzachama, a person walks five miles. We saw this in yesterday's daf. From sunset until it says another five mil. Therefore, ultimately, again, it turns out that the thickness of the Rakia is Echad Meshisha. Ultimately, again, one sixth of the movement of the sun each day. So the Gemara says, Now we're going to question this idea by Rava, that the movement of the sun is 6,000 parasols. So, Meisvei, Rabbi Huda, Meisvei, Rabbi Huda Omer, Ov Yov Sharakia, Echad Measara Bayom, the thickness of the Rakia, ultimately, again, is one-tenth, Echad Measara, one-tenth 
of the movement of the sun each day. Or when I say the movement of the sun, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but the trajectory of the sun from east to west. How far does a regular person walk in a day? From Alosa Shachar until Nesachamo, a person walks four mil. This is a different calculation than before. From Shkia until it says four mil. It turns out that unlike what we said before, the thickness of the Rakia is only one tenth of the sun's movement by day. This refutes Rava's position. Do Ula Tiyufta? I does it also refute the position of Ula as we mentioned before? No. Lema Tevet Tiyufta. I'm sorry. Do Ula Tiyufta? Lema. It's also refute. Let me read that differently. It's also refutation of Ula. Lema Tevet Tiyufta. Rabbi Yochanan should it also refute the position of Rabbi Yochanan. Amr Lecha Ana Biyamama Hu De Amri. So Rabbi Yochanan says I'm referring to the daytime. Rabbanon Hu De Kato De Kachash De Kachash Van De Kadma De Kachash Van De Kadma Vechashucha. The Rabbanon, when ultimately, again, measuring the amount of distance that a person travels by day, are including if a person starts out earlier than daybreak and goes later than say. Ultimately, again, say it should refute the position of Rabbi Hanina as well. Remember, again, Rabbi Hanina's position was gleaned by the story of Lot, as we saw in yesterday's daf, that the Malachim went ahead and urged Lot to begin to travel early in the day, and he made it to Tzoar, a distance of five mil. So the Gemara says that was different. They covered more ground because the Malachim urged them. So they traveled faster than a regular person travels. Good. Tashma. Mitzrayim haya arba'a meos parsal bar meos parsal. We'll say Egypt is 400 parsals by 400 parsals. O Mitzrayim echad mishishim bakush. And Mitzrayim, the size of Egypt is one sixth of kush. The kush echad mishishim ba'olam. Kush, I'm sorry, one sixtieth, not one sixth. Kush is one sixtieth of the entire world. I'm sorry, ba'olam. Ba'olam echad mishishim began eden. And the world is one sixtieth of the size of Gan Eden. Listen to this. The Gan Eden. Let me read that again. Va'olam echad mishishim began. The world is one sixtieth of the Gan. The Gan echad mishishim be'eden, and the and the Gan is one sixtieth of Eden. The Eden echad mishishim be'gehenam, and Eden is one sixtieth of Gehenam. Which I say tells you something absolutely amazing. That the largest area in the world is Gehenim. It turns out that that the entire world is viewed as a pot cover to Gehenim. Right? That that's the size of Gehenim. To which the Gemara says, Ultimately, again, this refutes the position of Rabbah. Because Rav is saying that Rav is saying that the sun only traverses an area from east to west of six thousand parasols. Obviously, describing the world in this size indicates that it must be a distance of much more than six thousand parasols. Rav will say, "What's the meaning of this?" That it sounds like such a such a gloomy way to view the world, right? That the entire world is like a pot cover to Gehenna. Let's say what what is telling you is as follows. So the the, the Ben Yoyada brings this down as well. The the sowed that unfortunate the, the reality of life is that every step we take is laced with the possibility of so many mistakes 
and missteps. And the reality is that for every step we take, there's 15 mistakes that you can make with every single step and how we have to live life with such an acute awareness because unfortunately, Gehenim is lurking all around. You know, like, the worst Gehenim in this world is, is, is not the Gehenim that a person goes to after 120. That's not the worst Gehenim. The worst Gehenim is the Gehenim of our own creation, which we often make from our mistakes, missteps, and bad choices. Those of us who, li- who have lived in that Gehenim know uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible to live with the reality that my life could have been X, but instead I made bad decisions and therefore it's Y. That's what it means when it says the world is, a, is the top of the path to Gehenim. That the Chazal just trying to sensitize us Live life with awareness. Live life with understanding. Think before you act. Choose wisely in life. If you make the right choices, you will have olam haba in olam haza. But if chas make the wrong choices, I could chas be experiencing Gehenim while still alive and kicking. The world is the, is the pot top to Gehenim, teaching us that unfortunately we have to be so vigilant because if we make mistakes, the Gehenim we create is so acute and so present. The Gemara goes back there. Tashma, Tani Debe Eliyahu. I'll say incredible messages in all of these Gemaras. Tani Debe Eliyahu. Rabbi Nassan Omer. Kala Yishuv Kulo Tachas Kochav Echad. So I'll say this is interesting. Tachas Kochav Tachas Kochav Echad Yoshev. So Tani Debe Eliyahu says, Name Rabbi Nassan, the entire world sits under one star. In other words, one star is so large that literally, again, the entire earth is underneath one star. How does he know this? Teda, Shari Adam Nosin Ino Bakochav Echad, Baholech Lemizrach, Omid Kenegdo, La Arba Rucho Saolam, Omid Kenegdo. Because it was interesting enough with the star, no matter where you go, you're underneath the star. So also, what, what they're perceiving is that you could walk anywhere and still see the same star. So that must mean that the star itself is obviously much larger than the earth. Therefore, it shows that the entire earth sits underneath one star. So once again, this once again refutes Rava's position that the, that the distance that the sun travels from east to west must be larger than 6,000 parasols. Tashma, Egla B'Tzafon, Ta'akra B'Dar. So I'll say now, speaking a little bit about the zodiac signs. Egla is Taurus. Taurus is in the north. Akrav is Scorpio, is in the south. Vakrav Adar, Vachal Yishuv Kulo, Vachal Yishuv Kulo, Eno Yoshev Ela Ben Egla Akrav. And entire existence, the world, the earth, sits between Taurus and Scorpio. Vachal Yishuv Kulo, Eno Hava Ela Sha'achas Biyom. So we'll say ultimately again, and furthermore, the entire Yishuv, the entire inhabited area of the world, and the sun really only has its impact on the earth, or really dips in, I guess, into the into the area of the earth one hour out of the day. How do we know this? Because it will say again, in the fifth hour, the sun is in the east. And again, in the, in, the, in the seventh hour, the sun is already in the west. Ultimately, again, the middle of the sixth hour, the middle of the seventh hour, sun is directly overhead to Yufta. Once again, this refutes Rava's position. So all of this is just trying to prove that Rava's idea that the entire distance of the sun traveling from east to west is 6,000 parasols 
can't be correct. It has to be a larger distance. Tashma. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, what did the Baskol say back to the Rasha? I will say the Rasha, Rashi points out this Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel. What did the Kaddish Baruch respond back to Nebuchadnezzar? B'Shosh Amar. So when, when, when Nebuchadnezzar says, when Nebuchadnezzar says, literally again, I will ascend to the heavens on, on, the, on the thickness of the firmament, I will resemble God. This is Nebuchadnezzar essentially asserting himself as a powerful deity. Yotzasabaskol came out and said to Nebuchadnezzar, Rasha ben Rasha, ben benosha Nimrod harasha. You Rasha, the son of Rasha, the grandson of Nimrod harasha. Rashi points out over here, it doesn't literally mean that, that Nebuchadnezzar was the grandson of Nimrod. Because remember again, Nimrod lives during the times of of. Of Avram Avinu, so obviously not literally his grandfather, but it means his, his descendant from Nimrod. That Nimrod literally again led the entire humanity to rebel against Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Kamashnos of Shaladam, right? Ultimately, again, how long does man live? It was, it's a very overwhelming gemara. Shivim Shana, but say the lifespan that we are given in this world is seventy years. And again, if we're lucky and we have vitality and strength, this is such a profound Gemara because you think about this today in the days in which we live, really because of science and because of medicine with, of course, incredible Seat and you know, lifespans have been increased so dramatically. Rachman al a person passes away at 70 years old, that's young. That, that's, that's looked at as, as young in this world. The person passing even 80, right? There's an expectation of Baruch Hashem, but, but how, how careful we have to be to treasure life. Because Dabra Malach says, Dabra Malach says 70? If you're lucky, if you get 70 years. You're lucky if you get 70 years. And if you really have vitality, 80 years. 80 years. Watch this. Watch this. This is incredible Gemara. Listen to, how, listen, to how, listen to how vast the world is. If a person were to try to walk from the earth to the Rakia, now, now understand, the word Rakia is also a little bit elusive, because as we're going to see, Rashi already points out in Bereshis that there are Shiva Rakios, there are seven, so we call it seven heavens, right? But it's seven layers of Rakia. So listen to this. So the Gemara is incredible. So, Mina Aretz, so, Vimbibosho, Mina Aretz Adlarakia, Mahalich Chamish Meoshana. If a person were to walk, if you were to be able to walk from the earth to the Rakia, that would be a distance of 500 years. 500 years. Vaoviyav Sharakia, Mahalich Chamish Meoshana. And if you were to then traverse, the thickness of the rakia that would take me another five hundred years. Ubein kol rakia la rakia, and the distance between each rakia. There are seven rakias. Between each rakia, mahalech chamesh meos shana. So the distance. So remember, distance to the rakia five hundred years. Thickness of the rakia take take five hundred years to traverse it. Distance between each rakia another five hundred years. Vechin bein kol rakia la rakia. Shabbos say. And remember, where does HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, reside? Above the Rakios. Above the Rakios. 
So if you are walking from this world, so to speak, to the celestial world, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it is a distance of thousands of years. Ah! El Sha'ol Turad Al Yarkisebar. Be'er HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Nebuchadnezzar, but I'll tell you a very quick journey. The very quick journey is to Gehenna. That's a quick one, right? That you can get there pretty quickly, right? Ultimately, again, so, so, so we'll say, so what do you see over here? Tiyufta, once again, I will say, what it's saying over here is Rava's, Rava's, Rava's idea that the span of the sun is 6,000 parasols from east to west. The universe itself is too vast. It's too vast. So therefore, Rava's calculation must be off. I just want to point out once again the incredible metaphorical significance of this statement. And I will say, it takes a really long time to make your, to make your way to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? If you try to walk it, it's thousands upon thousands of years of journey. You know, in the quest for Ruchnius, the quest of Ruchnius takes a long time. I will say, a lot of times... You know, we want instant gratification in our spirituality as well. I want to learn and I want to feel inspired. I want to open my heart and I want to feel like Kodesh Baruch Hu. I want Kedusha and I want it now. And what Chazal are teaching us is that the journey to the Rakia, the journey to the Rakia takes a long time. But one thing is incredible, which is, which is that if you keep walking, you'll get there. If you keep on the journey and you keep consistent and you keep moving, Ultimately, you will get there, but it takes time to find Kiddush. And I will say today, not to, in general, we all want inspiration, but we want inspiration that often comes with a connotation of, I want to be inspired. Implicit in that statement is, I want, I want like someone to flip a switch. I want someone to flip a switch. That's not how inspiration works. It's not how Ruchnius works. It's a journey, and the journey takes a very long time. It's like when you're on any long journey. There are days where you feel nothing but exhaustion. There are days when you feel just flatline. There are days when I'm just wondering, why am I doing this? But if you keep up with the journey, you will reach the destination. The amazing part is, but how long does it take to get to Gehenna? How long does it take to get to Gehenna? Pretty immediate. Most of we all know this from our life experiences. You know, one bad decision, one wrong turn, and unfortunately... I land myself, not in the afterlife Gehenna, but in my life Gehenna. This is the incredible dialectic of life. It takes such a long journey to get to Kedusha. Yet the Tumah of Gehenna, unfortunately, I could find in a moment with one bad turn, one wrong turn, one bad life decision. Incredible. So the Gemara goes, right, the, the, the scholars, the Chachmei Yisrael say, Omrim, Galgal Kavua, Literally, I will say, so this is actually interesting also, interesting astronomical machlokas. Galgal Kavua means the wheel of the zodiac. The wheel of the zodiac is fixed, umazalos chosrin, and it is the constellations themselves which rotate around the wheel. The chachme umos ha'olim omrim galgal chosrin, the chachme umos, the Gentile, the Gentile scholars say, they say, I'm sorry, galgal chosrin, the wheel of the zodiac moves, Umazolos kavur, and the constellations are fixed. Amrebi chuvah divreim. So Rabbi says there's a chuva, right? And ours also, I can refute that position by saying, Olam lo matzinu agala egla bedaron ba'akra b'tzafon. It seems to be pretty clear that the constellations themselves are fixed. Vaharaya, Taurus is always in the south, and Scorpio is always in the north, which indicates that they are fixed in place. Maskevara v'achar ba'yakov dilma kibutzino derecha. Well, maybe they do move, right? Maybe, maybe ultimately, again, they do move, but they move like the blades, ultimately, of a mill or like the pivot of a door. 
In the day, now that we spoke about the Machlokas, in Chachme Yisrael, Chachme Yomos HaOlam, the Chachme Yisrael said, how does the sun move? It's very interesting. By day, by day, again, I'll say this is what they understood from their astronomical observations. By day, the sun moves beneath the Rakia, and at night, it moves above the Rakia. The Chachmei Umos Olam Omrim Bayom Chama Aleches Lamata Menrakia. The Chachmei Umos Olam said that ultimately, again, by day they agreed that the sun goes ahead and moves beneath the Rakia. Ubalayla Lamata Menakarka. Very interesting. The Chachmei Umos Olam felt that the sun moves beneath the earth, beneath the earth at night. Amr Rabbi Rabbi said, Venirin Divrei Divarinu. In this case, it appears that the Chachmei Umos Olam are correct and we're incorrect. Remember again, there's nothing wrong with saying, remember again, this is not halacha, right? This is not sukkim, this is observation. So comes along Rebbe and says, I think the chachmei umasolim are right and we're wrong. Namely, that by day, the sun moves beneath the rakia, and by night, the sun moves beneath the earth. Now when they say the sun moves beneath the earth, what they're saying is that the strength of the sun is felt in a subterranean way. Where do we see this from? So the Because interestingly enough, by day, the underground springs are cold, which would seem to indicate that the sun is really exerting its influence beneath the rakia, but above the earth. It's very interesting, but somehow I guess by night, the subterranean springs seem to be warm, which indicates that the sun is exerting its influence Quote unquote, under the earth by night. Tanya, Rabbi Nassim, Omer, Bimosa, Chama, Mahalachas, Begova, Sharakia. So Rabbi Nassim says, Bimosa, Chama, in the winter, in the winter, so the sun goes ahead and operates at the height of the Rakia. That's why, again, by summer, the earth is warm, but the subterranean springs are cold. Interesting enough, in the, in the rainy season, the sun operates at a lower level of the, of the Rakia. Therefore, again, the world is cold, but the subterranean springs are warm. Good. The sun operates in four different pathways over the course of the year. Nisan, Iyar, Vesivan, Malaches, Baharim. During Nisan, Iyar, and Sivan, the sun exerts its greatest influence on the mountains. Literally means it walks amongst the mountains. It travels amongst the mountains. In order to melt the snow. The sun exerts its primary influence in inhabited areas. In order to cause the fruit to ripen. Tishrei Marcheshvan the Kislev. Tishrei Marcheshvan and Kislev. Mahalaches Biyamim. It goes ahead and operates by the seas. Kedeliyavish as Hanaros. In order to go ahead and literally dry out the rivers, which means to prevent the rivers from overflowing. Teves Shvat Vaadar. By Teves Shvat and Adar. Mahalaches Bamidbar. The sun operates by the desert area. So the sun, the sun exudes its greatest influence in the desert so that the heat of the sun does not dry out the seeds which are trying to grow. We'll say, incredible. Incredible. Says the Gemara, back to, back to, back to Pesach Sheini, back to Derech Rechoka. So Rabbi Eliezer Omer, 
So Moshe Rebbe says as follows: Misikufas, misikufas. We'll say just okay. There's so much more to say on these gemaras, but we'll go a little bit back. So let's remember again: we had a very important machlokus in the Mishnah. The important machlokus in the Mishnah was as follows: What's the derech rechoka? What's the derech rechoka? So remember again: the Tanakama said derech rechoka is measured as an area of 15 mil from from Modi'in to from outside of Modi'in, right? Mina Modi'in lachutz. There was a position ultimately again of Rabbi Akiva. I'm sorry, Rabbi Eliezer. And Rabbi Eliezer said, Misikufas Hazara. Even if you are standing at the threshold of the Beis Hamikdash, but outside of the Beis Hamikdash. So I will say, remember again, in this case, I'm in Yerushalayim. Not only in Yerushalayim, but I'm standing in Harabayis. But I remain outside of the Azara the entire time. Halacha that is called Derech Rechoka. Let's at least begin this today. So the Gemara says, ayo, Even though technically speaking, I have the ability to enter into the Beis HaMikdash. So we'll say, this is interesting. If you see a guy standing outside of the Beis HaMikdash, so apparently, what should we say to him? Go in, what are you doing? What are you doing? So apparently, according to Eliezer, even though we're standing at the entranceway of the Beis HaMikdash, we do not tell him to go. In other words, if he's outside, he's outside. So the Gemara says, interestingly enough, So yet, interestingly enough, an RL, right, a person who's uncircumcised, if he does not do a bris milah Erev Pesach, and he could have done a bris milah Erev Pesach, he's chayiv kares, he's chayiv kares, to which the Gemara says, Rebbe Lezer, I'm so we'll say, so once again, the Gemara says, you can't compare Derech Rechoka to anything else. Derech Rechoka, Rabosa, is its own halacha. Arelos is its own halacha. Tuma is its own halacha. Derech Rechoka is a unique circumstance. And Rabbi Eli Ezra is of the opinion that halacha lamaisa, if you are outside of the Beis HaMikdash, the entire Zman Shechita, even if you're literally standing outside, that is called Derech Hoka. We'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up with this Sugei Meretz Hashem tomorrow. We'll finish this Machlokas. We'll do the Halacha Lamaisa. And then we're going to get into a great Sugya concerning the distinctions between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. hitting the wrong thing. Oh.